<laughs> We're gonna spoil it all right now. <laughs> yeah, so much for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's do that. Just have the entire. I feel like we do that a lot. We have the entire conversation before we get on the podcast. When we and, and the entire time we're having that conversation, we're like, we should really save this for the pod, and then we just get too excited and talk through it anyway. Exactly right. <laughs> At least we stopped ourselves this time, sort of. Yes, yes, we did it right this time. Uh huh. Nice. So, um, hello everybody. Uh, hope you guys are having a wonderful week. This is Salad. Um, this week, uh, it's going to be me, Cole, and Zach, uh, giving you all the latest and ad news. Um, so sit tight. Uh, buckle up. And uh, get ready, get ready for some for some hot salad takes like you like you know and love. Uh, Zach already introducing himself there with his uh, signature laugh, but um, <laughs> Zach, how how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. It's been a while since I've been on here. Um, mm-hmm. I've had a couple of really busy weeks, and both at work and just like had stuff going on. So um, it's good to be back. Yeah, we we Very missed exciting. you, Zach. It, we were saying Trent and I. It, we were like, we felt like you were at a, a different wedding each week. It was yeah. pretty, it was pretty wild. For yeah, it, it it just so happens to be wedding season, and and a lot of plans changed because of COVID, obviously. Um, and they ended up getting even closer together than they were. Um, but yeah, I was up in Flagstaff, which is a small town in Arizona, and we just had a really. It was an it was amazing. It was just a really small ceremony, no reception or anything. Uh, it was just a really, it was, it was a very close friend of mine. It was a really beautiful thing that they did again. Like they, they ended up having, they were planning a, a super big wedding, but turned it into just this small intimate, like the wedding party and their parents. That was pretty much it. And it was just, it was really special and touching. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's not, it seems like, uh, I haven't, I've not been to any weddings here in the time of COVID yet, but, um, that se- it seems like it would make it a little bit more, almost like a, like a port in a storm a little bit. Like, you know, everyone kind of coming together in this one little place to to celebrate and uh, make, make something happen. Man, that's awesome. It's all about the silver linings. <laughs> exactly, right? There we go. Intimate COVID weddings. There's our first headline right there. No, our actually, actually our first headline today, Zach, is... Uh, Tell them Cactus Jack sent you. <laughs> so <laughs> our, our listening audience may be aware, but um, just hours, hours possibly after recording the last salad podcast, um, McDonald's uh, announced a partnership with Travis Scott. Um, some of you may be familiar with La Flame uh, for many of his works, including uh, Rodeo and Sicko Mode. <laughs> he's uh, no, obviously he's a very famous artist. Probably one of the probably one like top five famous rappers yeah. currently. Yeah, um, you know, if not top like two, right after Drake, essentially. But um, he is. Uh, he is a huge force in music, in fashion, in all of these different uh, sec- sectors, I guess you could say. Obviously, uh, 
former partner of Kylie Jenner, um, incredibly famous, uh, self-made billionaire, as you guys all know and love. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's he's obviously super big in the zeitgeist. People, uh, the, the kids love him. He had a Fortnite concert last year or I guess two years ago um, that, you know, quote unquote, broke the Internet. But um, so, yeah, obviously, Travis Scott is a huge force in culture right now. And so as part of McDonald's push to kind of be more relevant, they've hired Wyden recently. Um, they partnered with Travis Scott to make something called the Travis Scott meal. Um, so it's, it's its own thing. Um, it, it's not any new burger or any new product necessarily, but a combination of items. Um, but, you know, personally, Though I've been incredibly interested and fascinated with this Travis Scott burger, the person who I think could tell us even more about it is our very own Zach Podhoff here, <laughs> as he has actually tried the Travis Scott burger. So you want to tell I us did. a little bit more about that, Zach? Yeah, I did. Um, first of all, I'd like to start out by saying clearly it it worked. <laughs> it got me to go to McDonald's and I can't tell you the last time that I went to McDonald's to get a meal. Like, yeah, exactly. Pretty, McDonald's has pretty much turned into my new spot to get a soda if I need it for a dollar, any size, which was a very brilliant move of theirs. But I haven't really gone to McDonald's to eat a meal in a long time. Uh, and this made me do it. Um, before I share the actual meal, uh, <laughs> I did just want to mention that I thought this was a brilliant extension of, oh, I believe a widen ad for McDonald's that we had talked about. I can't remember if we officially talked about it on the podcast or we had just gone back and forth about it. Oh. Cole, but they had that yeah. ad in which it was just like an overhead shot of McDonald's trays featuring yes. the meals of choice of celebrities, just random people. Also some like, uh, I think there were some characters from, you know, pop culture in there as yeah. well. It was yeah. a really simple, amazing representation that just, you know, kind of enveloped this idea of everyone has a McDonald's order. And it just was such a simple way to show you that everyone has a McDonald's order, no matter how famous you are, whether you're nobody, even if you're a character on a TV show, everyone has a McDonald's order. And I thought that this was a brilliant extension of that, you know, like they took that concept that they had created in what was a very successful ad from our standpoint and brought it to real life. They actually featured one of these celebrities meals that you could go and order. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, I mean, Travis Scott is a huge deal in the zeitgeist right now. So I, I commend them for the choice of person that they went with. Uh, obviously with the intention of getting a younger audience back into McDonald's drive through lines uh, to really boost their sales. However, getting to my official review of the meal, I would like to say that while in theory, this was an amazing idea, in practice, it gets a lot more complicated than that. Uh, Interesting. And, and the reason that is, yeah, the reason that is, is because like, obviously, McDonald's is a franchisee based uh, burger chain. So it's tough for them to get the same level of excitement for this offering out of every franchise in the company as it is for corporate to get excited about this and is, is as exciting as it is in their advertising. And that's exactly what happened to me. I, I rolled up and the, the meal, for those of you who don't know, is a quarter pounder with cheese, Travis Scott style, which has uh, bacon on it. Um, 
bacon and lettuce. And then it's a medium fry with barbecue sauce instead of ketchup and a Sprite uh, with ice. Apparently extra ice is, <laughs> is officially the order. Uh, That's my favorite. Order. <laughs> I know extra ice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyways, that's the first thing they messed up when I got into this drive-through line. And and granted, I know they're doing their due diligence, but I went up and I I said, "Can I get the Travis Scott meal?" And they said, "Sure." What would you like to drink with that? That was the first question I was asked. And like I said, I get that. Like, yes, that's the question they're supposed to ask. But when you're promoting something like this, that's meant to be a complete meal, it just threw me off guard, and it made me feel like they weren't in tune with with what this promotion was supposed to be and my response was like uh doesn't it come with a sprite you know like it, it caught me off guard and i it, it immediately pulled me out of like the amuse and, and kind of just the the feeder of it you know the feeder of going in and ordering this and sort of that ritual that they were trying they were trying to create uh so fast forward i go up you know i pay and then they they send you out to they've got those like couple of spots that you can wait to get your food um, and so I'm, I'm up in one of those spots and the lady comes out with my meal and she walks up to my window and she's like, did you get the quarter pounder? And I was like, uh, is that the, the Travis Scott meal? Right. And she like looks back at the receipt and she's like, oh yeah, the Travis Scott meal. Um, again, very obviously just not excited about this promotion. Like you would expect, or like the campaign that they had created around it made it seem, uh, so just the, the experience of actually going to get it did not match the excitement and the the cool factor that they I do believe that they achieved in in you know releasing it in the first place um and so as quirky and as weird as the meal was the experience at the actual store was the make or break moment for me and and it broke it, you know it was it was just a break unfortunately um the hype hit the wall. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's my, that's my, like, I know it was a long winded review, but that's really what it's, that's really how I felt after going through that line. And it's just, it just goes to show that it's tough whenever you're doing sort of a promotion like that to get everyone on board and as excited as you need them to be. I'm sure there were some McDonald's where, you know, it was perfect. It was absolutely yeah. perfect. And like people loved it, but at mine, as I got through the drive-through line, and by the time I left the store, it was very obvious that they were much less excited about it than I was, which made me in turn less excited about going home to eat it. Dang. Well, that's the kind of on the on the ground reporting that salad and salad <laughs> fans have come to know. That's what we why. strive for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but that was that was wonderful. I mean, honestly, um, I think that you know that's really where the rubber hits the road in in a big in a big way for this this meal, you know. You figure you're rolling something out to literally every McDonald's chain, you know, every McDonald's restaurant on the same day. You have franchisees, again, who knows how many dozens or hundreds, you know, that they have to deal with. Um, I can see how it might not work out. And, you know, it just kind of shows that there's more to kind of creating something like this than just running a few ads you know this mm -hmm. is something that has to be kind of in, implemented across the entire organization in a really big way yeah um, and i mean yeah oh go ahead oh no i was just going to say when you have a franchise company it's i think it makes that even more difficult because it's not like you've got a singular owner in a singular office that can communicate to everyone hey this is the importance of, you know, being excited about this or doing this right or making sure that it lands, you know, like you don't have that when it's franchisees, each franchisee has 
much more control over their restaurants than uh, than they would be if they were owned by the corporate McDonald's. Uh-huh. And so it's it falls on the franchisee to communicate to the employees the importance of doing this correctly. And then it falls on the employees to obviously listen to that and take it to heart. There's just a lot of steps uh-huh. to make sure that to, to pull something like this off, and especially in a company as big as McDonald's. And so it's it's tough. Like, Honestly. I think they tried their best, but it's tough. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like it's hard too, because it's like, what do you consider success there? You know, and I think that, you know, in its own right, as in terms of like a marketing, you know, a partnership, I think, um, mm-hmm. between, you know, a company, even a, a company as large as McDonald's and, and a celebrity as large as Travis Scott, I feel like though, this did get a lot of traction. Um, yeah. I know on Twitter, when it first launched the day of, it was trending pretty much all day. Um, naturally, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a sponsored, you know, Cactus Jack uh, yeah. trending post. It was actually, you know, actually trending. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people were kind of, you know, trashing it or making fun of it. But the point being that so many people went and got it, I think, was, you know, yeah, the point of it. And I think it made people more excited than it did exactly and that was it just built hype like it was the weirdest partnership like you were saying like people were making fun of it because it's like no one expected mcdonald's and travis scott to do something together you know like it was just so weird and also i forgot to mention but they released uh like a a merch line as well on travis scott's website like i believe that he had designed but just a bunch of like mcdonald's themed travis scott t-shirts and i think there's like a full body chicken nugget pillow for, for anyone who's interested oh, but like yeah. they really made this into a, a whole ordeal it is really a true partnership as you as you had mentioned it's it's not just this one-off meal like they they really put a lot of thought and effort into making this a thing and they did build a lot of excitement oh exactly um and like building off of that um there's an account I follow called, it's called the Cactus Plant Flea Market. Um, I think Travis Scott actually does do a lot of his releases. I think it's a designer that he works with pretty closely. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing just because of the Cactus Association. But um, uh, I think last week they released a whole line of like t-shirts, bags, sweatshirts that mm-hmm. were all like Travis Scott meal um, like branded and everything. Yeah. And it was like a custom line. It was like, and I mean, some of the designs were actually all right. The ones that didn't say, there were some that literally had the whole order written out. It was like this <laughs> line from the ad. Literally, it was like, hey, I'm Cactus Jack. And this is what I, it was like that literally <laughs> said on the back of the thing. But um, the rest, of, some of them were all right. And I mean, I think it just shows that this is a collab that really went, you know, through and through. They didn't want this to seem like, uh, inauthentic I think in a way um, though you know in a lot of ways okay yeah it's McDonald's of course it's not going to seem like oh you know Travis Scott partnering with some small business or something like that but um, you know they kind of went the the extra mile I think to make it you know maybe they didn't go the extra mile in the store but in terms of branding in terms of merchandise in terms of online culture I think they really hit the mark there um, and one other thing too that I've been seeing as well um, is the price is actually a pretty big deal um, as well. So um, 
I'm not, I believe that this might actually be the cheapest combo at McDonald's currently. I think mm. you can maybe get a combo of like two of the small cheeseburgers, but that's not like nearly the same amount, um, you know, as you would get from buying this meal. So that's actually one other reason they say that a lot of people are coming in and ordering the, the meal is because it is cheaper than you huh. would be able to get. It's cheap. It's only like $6 or something. So yeah. you're right. It was definitely a, a good deal. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, six dollars for a quarter pound quarter pounder with bacon. I think it's a double quarter pounder even. You can get it yep, with uh, double quarter pounder with bacon uh, and fries and stuff. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. So they hit a lot of different things there, but I think they definitely impacted culture. And um from the articles I've been reading, I would imagine that this is not the last time they do something like this. No. I I if like I said, it sounds like it's gonna be a an ongoing thing. I feel like they're going to keep doing some of these and, and it, it's, it's structured in a way that they can, like I said, it, going back to that ad I had mentioned at the beginning as a, as sort of a launch point for this idea that they started pushing about everyone having a McDonald's order. You can take that in any way. It, it has legs as we say in the industry. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. And I would imagine, yeah, that Wyden is going to keep doing either collabs with celebrities or other people like that to make McDonald's more relevant to younger audiences, I would imagine. Um, you know, I mean, McDonald's has already always kind of, you know, partnered with really big name celebrities and whatnot, but it looks like Wyden is really making that more of a cornerstone of what they're doing. And then also too, um, they've been focusing more, I think on, again, the actual orders, the things that we're familiar with, um, cause they released a series of, uh, McDonald's ads with Brian Cox. Um, he's from Secession. He's like the main, main old guy there, um, and he uh, he's narrated a number of ads as well. Talk that just basically are just describing the different ingredients on like a quarter pounder. Um, so yeah, I'd imagine we're going to be seeing more of this in the future. <laughs> but all right, so moving on now. Um, <laughs> so now that we've, uh, talked at length about the Travis Scott burger, um, we're going to move on to another one of our favorite brands, Patagonia. So, um, there was kind Patagucci. of Patagucci, yeah, <laughs> exactly. but the, Sil the Silicon Valley uniform of, uh, Patagonia. <laughs> um, but anyway, there has been a revelation i guess this week i'm not sure if it was just exactly this week that people figure this out but um there's been something showing up a secret message inside of patagonia clothing um i'm not exactly sure if it's all patagonia clothing or just certain um uh items um, it's actually just like one pair of shorts i believe one pair of shorts okay i'm seeing it here now so if you've recently ordered the regenerative organic stand-up shorts from Patagonia, you might have noticed a message on the tag. If you lift up the tag, um, you know, where it says Patagonia has their classic logo, and then you kind of lift up the little loop, you know, that you would use to hang an uh, item or something like that, it says on the bottom of the tag, vote the assholes out. So, um, Patagonia is never really Very subtle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really subtle there, Patagonia. But um, they've never really been one to shy away from controversy. Um, I know when there was uh, moves to reduce the size of certain national parks, uh, the Trump administration made moves to 
make Bears Ears National Park smaller. Um, I believe one other one to open it up for drilling in some sort of way. Patagonia took a big stand, uh, completely changed their whole web website, web layout uh, to a donation page to try to stop that from happening. Um, and so this, it looks like their latest uh, in an effort to kind of push themselves into culture, push themselves into being more relevant. But what you were saying, Zach, is that it was actually a little bit more of a guerrilla tactic or it wasn't really so much planned at all. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a little bit more on that? You want to tell yeah. Um, I was reading an article from Esquire about the story in which they were interviewing, uh, who was it? Like the director of global communication or something from the brand. Yeah. I'm, I'm searching right now. Corley yeah. Kenna. Uh, director of global communications and public relations. So it was an interview between her and Esquire talking about how this thing came to be. Uh, and what we learned from that article, what it what it says is that essentially it was something that their design team had put in because it's something that phrase is something that their founder has said before, I think in a different interview. Uh, and it's been something that they've tossed around internally. Um, and it's essentially a message that's directed at anyone who does not believe in climate change or anyone who is in a position, an elected official who is downplaying the significance of climate change. It's not meant to be partisan. It's meant to attack anyone who is attacking nature and our land. Um, But it's something that they've talked about internally before. This is a phrase that has been thrown around internally. Like I said, their, their founder has said it before in an interview, if I'm not mistaken. And the design team just decided for one of these pairs of shorts that they were going to put it on the back of the tag. Um, and that was sort of that. I, I believe it, 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 it wasn't a top down directive. This was sort of a grassroots thing that started at the design level and made its way up to management before it went out there into the real world. Um, and it was never meant to be an advertisement. You know, this is just something that they let people discover on their own, to your point, as it being sort of a guerrilla tactic, Cole. They didn't promote this. It wasn't a picture like the picture you see when you Google this. Um, it wasn't that's not like a picture that was featured on their website or anything like that. They weren't using it as a tactic to sell more shorts. Uh, they just let people buy the shorts and figure it out for themselves, which is just I just love when brands do that. Obviously, like it's just those like little pieces of branding that make stuff like that much more exciting. It, it kind of reminds me, granted, the topic of this is totally different. But like when KFC uh, followed the 11 herbs and spices on their Twitter oh, page. Yes. And like yeah. didn't tell anyone, you know, they just did it. And it was like a few months before anyone realized that they had done that. And of course, when everyone realized that they had done that, it was just this really special moment. And they like highlighted the person uh, and like sent the person who figured it out, like a bunch of KFC stuff and interviewed him, blah, blah, blah. I gave him free food, the whole, the whole nine. But like, it, this reminds me of that, where it's just something that is so on brand for Patagonia uh, that they just uh, organically decided to implement into their design process into this pair of shorts and they let the world figure it out on its own on its own and obviously the world has figured it out on its on its own and the tweet has now been liked more than 55,000 times as of the writing of this article which was September 19th um so i'm sure that's gone up since yesterday already and it's just it's just one of those things that's just so perfect for them 
I love like I love this because it's just so perfect for them. And I love when brands have the audacity to not make everything a campaign and not make everything an opportunity to sell more, but just let it be their brand and let that brand speak for itself. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I love what you were saying about, um, you know, like living, really living into the brand, you know. It's like, this is something that's happening, you know, organically really within their company. You know, it's like, it wasn't, it was just the designers themselves, like kind of, you know, taking a stand on this and saying, no, we really, we really want to make our voices heard in in a small way, obviously. um, But in a way that's really making a big impact and getting a lot of attention for them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it really does feel like the brands and the companies that are able to truly live into the values that they preach you know those are definitely the ones that uh come out as winners and i think that patagonia is one that always comes out as a winner um for us and i think for a lot of people you know it's a it's a really storied brand really you know quality quality goods um and you know kind of their whole mantra of again protecting the environment of staying in the way of you know, anything that wants to kind of destroy more of our, our natural ecosystem. Um, I think, I think it really comes through in this. Um, and I mean, in a lot of things that they do, um, as I was saying kind of what they were doing on their website, a lot of other stuff like that. Um, it, I don't know. It's just cool when these small touches and also too, you know, again, we talked about McDonald's kind of responding to culture in a way. And I think that this is again, now Patagonia responding to culture. Um, yeah. And I just, Oh, I just love how, again, how authentic, you know, like how authentic this is. I just found the little excerpt in the article, so I'll read it. But mm-hmm. um, the saying, this is this is coming from that director of marketing. I said, the saying, vote the assholes out. Uh, we've been saying that at Patagonia for a few years. You can find examples of it on T-shirts that we never sold. Uh, you can find them, like now you can find them on eBay. Uh, also, the founder wrote a letter to the 1% for the planet community. Um, and he put that at the bottom of the letter, I believe he, yeah, he really spelled it out in the postscript of the note. Remember, vote the assholes out. Um, and so this is something again, like I had said that came from their founder, but was never a directive was put onto these shorts by the design team and then pushed back up after they had already decided to make them pushed back up a couple levels up. And when their founder actually saw them for the first time, his response was, um, these are great. I need them in a size 32. <laughs> but it's just, you know what I mean? It's just so clear that that culture is so strong. And like that, that message is just so it's, they're all on the same page. And it's just, it's very obvious how perfect this worked out for them. And obviously when they made it, when they made it into the real world, the reaction has been nothing but positive so far, but I don't know. I can't get over how perfectly authentic and humble yet profound that is at the same time (laughs) no exactly and i think too it's just you know again when companies are able to establish this sort of reputation over you know decades really essentially um i'm reading this thing here and um you know even since the 1980s patagonia has given uh one percent of all of its sales revenue to environmental causes um Mm -hmm. and they also worked to get out the vote um in 2004 um, as well. So, I mean, this is, this has really been something that they've lived into for a long time. And, you know, you talk about brands kind of deserving, um, to kind of take up the issues or, you know, speak on certain topics. I think this is definitely something that Patagonia has earned and, uh, 
you know, has the right to speak to. Yep. But um, all right. So talking about, you know, big uh, brands, powerful brands, brands that we know and love and respect. Um, so there's one brand, the one brand to rule them all. Um, <laughs> as you guys might know what we're talking about already. Um, so just uh, last week on Wednesday, uh, the largest brand in the world, uh, most valuable company in the world, Apple, um, released uh, their annual fall uh, sort of reveal, product reveal. But unlike the last, oh, probably 12 years. 10 years, 12 years and, yeah, since it came out. 10, yeah. <laughs> at least 10 years for sure. There were no iPhones to be revealed this time. And yes, yes, the iPhone 12 will most likely be coming next month. But Apple's kind of keynote, you know, it's it's been something that people have looked forward to for a long time, uh, really kind of seen as kind of like the flagship moment for the brand uh, each year, you know, when they're releasing all those new products and whatnot. Um, but this year it was a little different. There was no in-person uh, meeting. There was just a, a sort of a Zoom call, uh, kind of going back and forth between different brand uh, kind of stakeholders, brand uh, folks. Um, and yeah, things things were a little bit different this year. Um, and in particular, the main kind of flagship this year was surrounding the Apple Watch Series 6. That and a new iPad Air. Um, so again, kind of Apple reaching out into those areas, but there was also the semi-controversial release of <laughs> Apple Fitness Plus, which is Apple's kind of uh, sort of like going to be a rival to Peloton in a way. Um, it's like a fitness service, essentially, um, where it's got a subscription fee attached and you're basically signing up for different classes um, that are through your Apple TV and your Apple Watch. Um, everything's connected in there. And then They've also used that as well to create a new bundle called Apple One, a subscription that would include many different things, including Apple TV Plus, Apple Music. Um, I believe you get a bunch of storage space as well um, and a few other things. So Zach, um, as, as our local resident Apple aficionado, <laughs> um, <laughs> How do you feel about these most recent moves from, uh, from the brand? I mean, this seems a little bit outside of their wheelhouse. We're used to seeing that glitzy new iPhone every year, um, but maybe times are changing a little bit. What are you thinking? <laughs> First of all, Cole calls me Apple aficionado. I call myself Apple trash. So there's a, there's a difference here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um no you're you're totally right i mean part of this was inspired or actually not inspired by but the result of the coronavirus having an impact on their supply chain and that's part of the reason why the the iphone was pushed out but what's more important than that is it's very obvious now that they're taking less attention or they're, they're taking attention away from the iphone itself and really trying to position themselves as a provider of not only beautiful products that are that are featured in more of an equal way, but also the main difference is that they're really starting to push these services that they have. You know, mm -hmm. it's if it wasn't if it wasn't obvious already, it's definitely obvious now with Apple One. Um, 
and Apple Fitness Plus, which looks pretty dang cool. And I will try it again as my Apple trash self that who needs to work out anyways. Um, I will be trying that when it comes out later this year. But it's very obvious that they have they are going all in on their services. And in doing so, they're finding ways to promote their products differently. I cannot, if you had asked me a couple of years ago if Apple's fall event, the first fall event, would have been a fall event without an iPhone at the center of it, I would have told you you're crazy. You know what I mean? Like that was just not in their deck of cards. There was, there was not in their deck of cards at all. And now here we are, that just happened. Uh, and the, the biggest things that people are talking about, while we did get minor upgrades, actually pretty major upgrades to the iPad and, and minor upgrades to the Apple Watch, the main new thing that happened at this keynote was the introduction of Apple Fitness Plus and Apple One, which to your point, Cole, as you were saying, I believe it comes with, there's different tiers to it, uh, but it comes with the six, if you were to get the the most all out crazy tier, which I think is $30 a month, you would get Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, iCloud Storage, Apple News Plus, and Apple Fitness Plus, mm. which is a pretty... It's a, that's a well-rounded grouping of six services that cost somewhere between 5 and $10, and you get all of them for $30 a month. Um, you know, And I believe it's like two terabytes of iCloud storage when you go for the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, which is, is it's a, lot. It's a lot of storage. It's a lot. You know what I mean? It's not like you're just getting a little bit out of this. So it's a pretty good deal uh, if you were to, to go for it. The problem is, of course, in true Apple fashion, they're... They're only bundling them in certain ways that for someone like me who uses Spotify and doesn't necessarily need Apple News Plus uh, or or Apple TV Plus or Apple Arcade, you can't just pick a couple of them yet and mix and match. Like they, they're sneaking in their other products in there to get you further into their ecosystem, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that's what Apple does. Okay, we get it. Fine. <laughs> whatever we've already, but, already uh, <laughs> spotify is already raising legal <laughs> legal issues yes like, because and, and 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 i totally understand why because yeah. like for me like i'm saying this sounds like a good deal to me and like i need icloud storage like i totally want yeah. icloud storage Honestly. i think apple news plus being part of the bundle would be cool i want to try apple fitness plus i love spotify and i don't really want to use apple music but it's just one of those things where if i were to buy this and I'm going to have Apple Music included as part of this and I can't take it off. Why would I keep paying for Spotify? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's I, You pretty much have to choose to buy into this thing, which is going to deter you away from continuing to use Spotify or choose to not. Don't worry, Spotify. I know you're probably listening to this. I love you and I'm, <laughs> I'm not planning on I'm not planning on canceling my subscription, but I can see why they decided that they wanted to take legal action because it really is just. I mean, Apple using its its market dominance and the number of people that have bought in in some way into their sort of system to encourage more people to start using their services uh, in in opposition of of a, a competitor's service, you know, and that can be depending on how successful it is, a pretty scary thing given how many people in some way are part of the Apple ecosystem. No, honestly, I mean, I, I think I think there's totally a, I mean, there's a big opportunity for them here because I mean, I the only thing that I have on that list is uh, Apple storage. And I mean, I guess I pay I pay five. Oh, I might pay ten dollars a month now for Apple storage. And I was just thinking, to my, you know, doing a quick math there. I was like, oh, you know, 
there's a part of this that works out really well, you know, but two terabytes of data um, with all of that, I mean, that's, that's kind of a big deal, but, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think you really hit the nail on the head there in the sense that this is Apple just continuing to expand their service offerings. Um, you know, we're looking at a future where, you know, the iPhone being sold in China is looking more iffy. Um, you know, we're looking at a future where there's only so much they can really continue to innovate. Um, where maybe people aren't going to be willing to pay as much for an iPhone in the, in the near future, um, depending on where things are in the economy. Um, so I think that Apple is really hedging in a lot of ways here um, towards services in a way to, you know, they, they know now that they have people with distribution, you know, essentially they, there's a billion iPhones, you know, over a billion mm-hmm. iPhones that, that they always talk about. Um, and so, you know, then they can now send, you know, Apple One, um, all of these different subscription services to these devices and just pull even more value out of people that are keeping their iPhones for longer, that are maybe um, unsure if they're going to buy another one, or maybe, you know, maybe they already have all of the different Apple devices at this point. Um, But again, I think this is just another way for Apple to continue to make their presence known in our lives and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, become a part of it. But I mean, that's the, the rub too, is I'm sure these services, uh, I'm sure Apple fitness is probably going to be pretty good. Um, and they'll probably keep getting better over time. Um, hopefully we get kind of a cool, I'm sure at some point, um, we'll get, you know, a minute 30 spot about somebody working out on Apple fitness and, you know, changing their or something like that we'll, we'll get that we'll get that media arts lab spot here maybe <laughs> um <laughs> and we'll get and but what we'll also be getting too in about a month is new iphones as well so though there was not an iphone released this week um in september kind of like i think september 15th is almost always when they do yeah it. it's, it's like the second Wednesday. week in september or yeah it's yeah. always right around there Exactly. So I'm sure, you know, we'll still get those big iPhones coming soon. But um, again, just kind of shows the future direction for that company. And, you know, one of the biggest brands in the world um, could be seeing them, you know, splashing their name on more products, whether it be fitness, whether it be, um, you know, music. I think they're going to be growing in gaming, I'd imagine, as well. Um, and, you know, I think, I think really it's a holdover for them in a way that, you know, if they can hold on to people for long enough, you know, if there's that Apple TV plus show, you know, that everyone's talking about, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but there could be kind of that, like that show that really breaks the culture. And in that case, you know, they could really run away with some, with a decent amount of market share, but yeah, I mean, I think this is, uh, this is pretty much mostly uh everything that we were hoping to talk about this week uh any other points to add on apple or uh, any of these other big brands we talked about Zach? no i would just like to say this was a this was a special conversation for us obviously it was less about craft and more about just you know brand strategy in a sense but all of those things even though they're not explicitly an ad um do play a part in the brand image and the the sort of perception that consumers have about all of these brands, which in a form is advertising. Um, so I just I just like to point that out because it's it's I love when we have these conversations that that branch off of 
you know, different product launches or, or things on a tag and, and mm-hmm. a transition from like basically the company's, you know, guiding light to more of a robust offering. Like they're unique in the sense that you don't think of them as advertisements, but when you really get down into it and think of the effect that they have on the consumer and the perception that the consumer has about the brand, they really do play a part in that, uh, which makes them in form or in a form sort of an advertisement. So there's that. Always be cognizant because brands are always trying to sell you something. (laughs) That's the end. (laughs) No, honestly. (laughs) And hey, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of in a tech-focused world, um, so much is focused on the product here. And, you know, branding as product, um, I think that all three of these are examples of that, of companies using their products to further brand themselves and and differentiate in the marketplace and yeah if that's not advertising i don't know what is (laughs) (laughs) so yeah well um it's been good chatting with you as always zach um yeah hope hope everyone's doing well and uh you know stay safe out there um as as Patagonia said, uh, vote the assholes out. <laughs> in, uh, you know, in, we're not going to get political here, but in a few months or in a few weeks, we have an election. So please do your part. Please vote. Um, and yeah, I think that just about does it for us. So, uh, Zach, anything else to say? Or No, I want you to send us <laughs> off, Cole. All right. Well, have an fantastic week, everybody. And we'll see you back here soon. <laughs>